Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scott and Paul Show. Today, we are joined again by Dan, so we got a panel, so I don't have to do that much work. Let's just go ahead and start off with games, since I think that's what we got the most notes on, and we probably got more marks listening to it for that. So, Scott, you seem to have found something with today's kids. They can't play fucking video games from our day. Does this mean that video games are getting more difficult? Uh, no, it doesn't. No, I don't think they're getting more difficult. I really think there's a lot of hard games out there, but basically there was a uh, there's a series of videos. It's called React, and they take like old school hardware, whether it's Walkmans or Game Boys or Nintendos, and they have like today's teenagers playing them. I think they even have the girl that plays uh, Arya Stark on there playing a regular Nintendo not too long ago. But anyways. Uh, they 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 threw them to the wolves. It's just like right off the bat, they they started them on Mega Man. That's not an easy series to play. So the the big internet reaction was that oh kids can't play these games, they suck. Well, I don't completely disagree, but that's just because I'm an old codger, I guess. Um, but they, I mean, they just basically they got a few minutes of video of these kids playing the first one of the the Bomb Man level, and they'd never played Mega Man, most of them. And uh, they just got wrecked, but I don't know anybody that ever played Mega Man that did not get wrecked right off the bat. Dan, do you think game design has changed enough over the last 30 years that games are now more hand-holding than actual skill? Uh, I think due to technology and graphics advancing, they give a different they give a different type of purpose like now it's basically like a movie so so to speak you know it has the quick time events and everything else it's all about this triple a budget big story make you feel good about yourself 12 hour kind of thrill ride because they have the space and the technology you know a lot of the old like nes games and stuff like that they had to be just a couple megs in size all the enemies were the same essentially but they just were different skins uh, so I, I think it's just more of what the developers have at hand now versus then. I think there's an inferiority complex. A lot. I mean, the movie experience. So. The uh, game developers are always chasing that movie experience, and then you. I'm I'm speaking anecdotally, and I don't have any concrete examples in front of me. I'm just thinking back to some things I've read. I was just. Somewhat, Daniel said, triggered it. Um, is they want to make these movies, but they they're in game development. You know what I mean? They're people that probably wish they were making movies instead of games. Well, I mean, totally they're all fine. They're, they're artists, so they want to create an artistic. Yeah. Expert. Yeah. So I mean, it's cool, but I think there's a little bit of an inferiority complex there too. It just just something I just picked up on reading about games and movies and development and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on. And if you are a game developer and you disagree, you can always contact Scott on Twitter at Razik. Now, on to um, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon. You're not going to get a sequel. Scott, I know how much you enjoy Michael Bean and everything about him. You're never going to see him in a sequel again, at least as far as Blood Dragon goes. It's a travesty. I mean, that game was, even without Michael Bean, it was easily like a 9.9. With Michael Bean, it's like a 9,000. But, I mean, it, it's it's funny. You know, it's got that 
core, good, solid Far Cry gameplay, and the design was over the top, and apparently it was a huge hit critically, and it sold well. I mean, I'm under the impression it sold well. Um, but they just don't want to approach it again because, well, they've already done that, which freaking was hilarious to hear coming from Ubisoft. Like, really? You want to be original now? You know, you have something fresh that everybody enjoys, and you don't want to go back to it. Which I guess is kind of like what Paul said last week. We bitch because, you know, they do the same thing over, and then when they do something different, we complain. But, I mean, you have something that if they went back to it every couple years, you that it was just it was a really well-done package. And, uh, I mean, if you haven't played it, it, it's pretty cheap. Usually six, seven good hours of gameplay. Uh, it's awesome. It was very good, very funny. So it's, it's, I just think it's crazy, and I think they must, they had to have lost money. I mean, it's the only thing, I, and he's just blowing smoke up everybody's rear end by saying, uh, it was one of the developers or CEOs or something, somebody high up in Ubisoft or Ubisoft. And yeah, it, it maybe it did lose money. I don't know. Didn't they because, use the exact same fucking engine? Yeah, I mean, there was nothing they had to do except come up with some artwork and just, yeah. So. And, Man, it was so good. Maybe they should, I, I would go with like Far Cry 4 Blood Dragon just keep going in that little DLC room. Yeah. I mean, you made everybody happy with it. No, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, if, if they really do something fresh that, that has that same quality, well, more power to them. But maybe Far Cry 5 or 6, I could, you know, rotate them in and out. That'd be awesome. You know, I could deal with that. But it's just basically they said never. I was like, that is crazy to say never. To say not this time, that's that makes sense. Do something fresh. That's awesome. We need more of that. But to say you'll never revisit something so good, I don't know. Well, it's a double-edged well, sword. Well, well, you're on a topic of that. I missed it last week. I did hear about it, but I didn't know what the full story was. But at the PlayStation Experience, they had a dude from Square Enix come out. And right over top of it, What's they were not supposed to actually release the image that early was the Final Fantasy VII logo. So everybody started marking out for it because they knew what was coming. All of these fanboys have been waiting ever since they redid the opening cinematic to Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation 3. Finally, they get their remaster, and they gave it to them. They gave them the PC port. That's it. So do you think that uh, Square Enix is – they just don't get it? I mean these people have been wanting Final Fantasy VII for the, 20 years. And then they yeah. said, we're going to give you exactly what you want, Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation 4, exactly as you remembered. We're not That's true. the fucking thing. That's true. I mean it's still going to be a good quality game. But I say graphics aren't everything, but hey, I mean it, a remaster – as long as the graphics aren't done in spite of gameplay, I'm for it. But that game's going to sell. I don't care. That game is going to sell. Because all those guys, that, all the people that grew up playing uh, Final Fantasy VII when it came out, you know, as, as kids and teenagers, they all have homes and jobs and careers. They can afford it. They'll buy it. You know. Dan, would you give up an opportunity to print money? Uh, negative. I'm a capitalist, though. I mean, if you have something that the marketplace demands and you have the ability to make it, 
I see no reason not to. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if you were EA, you would buy up a bunch of little companies and do absolutely nothing with it? Because that's what they admitted that they did. Pretty much. Were they doing it to keep compet like competitive games off the market, or were they keeping it just so they alone just control everything? Well, they uh, they didn't admit to why they did it. They just said that that their acquisitions have been somewhat marginal in performance. Well, they're they're basically just getting rid of competition. It's like, hey, we can afford to buy out people that are putting out, you know quality games, and they don't do anything with them. I mean... They were saying that they were buying headcount is what they wanted. They just wanted the people, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems, I guess, to be somewhat of a recent strategy. Because... Westwood Studios. Ugh. Trying to... Sorry. I mean, Apple does the same thing. I mean, they see a company, they see they got great people, so they're by the company just to get the people for it. I mean, there's it's nothing new, really. Everybody's no, been doing it. It's just when EA does it, they buy these companies that people love, and then they do jack shit with their talent. They just put them on. Okay, we'll go out there and do another fucking Madden game. Come on, man! This rosters aren't going to update themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're not changing anything else. We owned a monopoly. Why should we even try to make it better? And that's exactly what people said. When they got the license, as soon as I saw that, I think I saw it on Games on Gamespot when it was announced, and that was the first thing I said. That's it. They'll never make another good Madden game. Which, I mean, they've made some okay ones, but they just they don't try. They do not try. They put out a product they know people's going to sell, and people continue to buy it, even though there's marginal improvements and new bugs and new problems with each release. I mean, you can get on YouTube. And, uh, you know, if you're a Maddenite and you're, you know, you happen to be listening to this and you're cursing my name, well, just get on YouTube and look up Madden 25 bugs. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, the sidelines were more active on, uh, what was it, All Pro Football 2K8? Yeah. Yeah, that was that, I think that, I mean, yeah, that game was missing the names, but I mean, it was still, it was still a good solid football game. I mean, their sidelines were just... I think, actually, now that I think about it, I just uh, caught that on another podcast. 2K8 sidelines were more active than Madden's. They showed some videos. Pathy and ES Punk. But, I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. They don't improve anything. It's just the same junk. It's easy to get caught up in it, though. I mean, I sit here and look at my shelf, and I see six versions of NCAA football. No, I, oh, yeah. I haven't bought the last two because I'm like, this is this is ridiculous. Those are the last two ever to be released, so you might want to go back and pick them up. <laughs> yeah, you might want to go pick those up. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we wasted a lot of time playing NCAA football. But, I mean, they, and they were solid games, but, I mean, half of it was you picked your favorite team. That was a big deal because we followed football. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, like Daniel said, heck, I've got three or four for PlayStation, three or four for Xbox, one or two for 360, one for PS3. I mean, yeah. But... I was a part of the problem. Now I'm not. Well, I mean, I know we all want innovation, but they're kind of sticking, you know, like Paul was just saying, don't you want a license to print money by them just using the same formula, albeit maybe broken, 
they are essentially just giving themselves a license to print money by updating the roster, tweak the graphics, add a new mode. You know, minimal development costs and a boatload of cash. Well, it's just like 06. It came out and they deleted a bunch of modes. They did the same thing with, was it this year's or last year's? It was missing something. Uh, it was missing a couple modes, a couple features. Well, why? Why do that? I know there's no co-op mode for catch-up, I mean. There's yeah. no catch-up. We tried that and it failed. Yeah. They were more focused on the Ultimate Madden team, that card trading type bullshit it has on there. Yeah. That was their big. That's This is what people really want. No? Well, that's what makes the most money on Madden is that microtransaction bullshit. That's what EA wants now. Yeah. Well, I don't buy EA products, period. Uh, used, I'll buy them, and that's it. I mean, I do keep an eye out on the football games because I did like football games, and, I mean, they did have some good Madden games. After a while, something has changed, but the thing that drove me out was the defensive backs. They're, they're catch-up BS. I mean, they rubber band your receivers so bad. You can have a guy lead, you can be leading a defensive back by 15 yards and throw over their shoulder over your receiver's shoulder who's ahead of him, and they still just fly up in the air like Superman swatted down. It's like, I got sick of that playing the, the NCAA and the Maddens, and I watched the newer videos, and it's not as bad, but it's it's still a big issue. The DBs are still crap. I mean, it's it, it, it runs the game. You got you have to use exploits to put up any sort of realistic numbers. So the way I will not exploits, but weaknesses in the game, weaknesses in the AI. That's what you have to use rather than making a good play. I mean, it's not it's nowhere it's it's not the prevalent way of winning in that game. Uh, I'd say the glory days of Madden's gone, and. It's been going for a long time. Ever since they won won the the rights to the NFL, that was it. Yeah. Much like Monday Night Wars, as soon as Raw beat out Nitro, that was it. Product went to shit. There was nothing left. And it's still shit. Yeah. And ESPN, NFL, 2K5, Bad Nights, it's still better. It will always be better. I'm trying to remember the name of uh, the football game. It's on the Xbox 360. Uh, the you Blitz essentially or it was? no, it's not Blitz. It's like they couldn't do like Madden because they didn't have rights. So they went out. 2K, I think, is who made it, and they went out and essentially licensed all these retired players. And you build your you build your offensive and defensive roster with these legends. Was that the one with Lawrence Taylor? Where you shot yourself full of steroids if you got injured? <laughs> no, it it was by far the most simulation football oh. I've probably ever played. It was played all pro football, football, wasn't it? Like Joe Montana and all those guys. What do you call it? All pro football? All pro football 2K8. I'm pretty sure it's what it was. Let's see. Yeah, but the yeah. problem and the thing yeah. with all pro football. And as much as I like to brag about 2K, which I don't know who all was still there from the 2K5 team, it was ESPN NFL 2K5 with a different skin and different players, but it was the same game. So I guess that means that ESPN NFL or All Pro Football is better than Madden. So you know, screw Madden, whatever. 
Well, we all know Tecmon Bowl is still the greatest football game ever created, so. Yeah. Bo Jackson all the way, baby. Now, on to what news stories next? Well, we like violent games, right? Absolutely. Well, the top five violent games composed by Consumer Reports would be Grand Theft Auto V, Watch Dogs, Evil Within, Assassin's Creed Unity, must be all those scary half-faced creatures running around, and Sunset Overdrive. Um, okay, Dan, you can speak on Sunset Overdrive. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's truly, uh, think Ratchet and Clank, but with just an indisposable amount of enemies to shoot up and blow their guts everywhere. So that's so, like every but, game. So, yeah, but I mean, it's not – I wouldn't even have listed it as a violent game even though, yeah, you're making these enhanced guns and shooting all these jacked-up monsters. But it's all like cell-shaded looking happy. Like it doesn't feel dark or grim. It's all very laughable. Like it doesn't feel violent. So it's, it's not like the Koopa genocide that Mario commits every year. It's artistic yeah. violence, right? Not gruesome violence like something in Evil Within. Yeah, easy. Or even like Grand Theft Auto. Like Grand Theft Auto, you like there's like a lady watering her lawn, and you go like smash her in the face with a pipe and steal her car or something. Like that's like visceral, and you can somewhat relate to going up and and attacking someone. But this Sunset Overdrive is so fake and colorful and over the top that there, that you didn't know. My brain doesn't even make that connection. I played the demo for Watch Dogs. And it, well, not demo. I actually played a little bit of the game, about maybe two hours of it. It seemed like a toned-down Grand Theft Auto as far as violence goes. It did not seem that bad. Call of Duty seems more violent than Watch Dogs. It's just when you add up the sheer number of deaths you get to see on screen over and over and over again. I think one of the complaints I read about Watchdogs was people saying it was violent because you could look up whether someone was homosexual using the hacking thing and then target them. The game designers didn't intend for people to gay bash people. That's that's someone taking the game out of context of what it was designed to do. Uh, stuff like that. But I mean, it's it's the depiction of violence. It's you know how are what are they calling violent? Just killing people or killing people with realistic graphics? Well, Sunset Overdrive completely defeats that purpose because that's all cartoonish violence. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that game really is nothing more than killing cartoons zombies because that's technically what happens. The, what people drink the, uh, the soda pop and then turns them into these monsters. Yeah. Yeah, Basically is like, even the weapons you're using are made up junk. Like here's this gun that I attached an ultimate frisbee disc disc shooter on to go attack people. I mean, it, it's very lighthearted. Yeah. And he breaks the fourth wall, so you know it's completely as a it's a video game. Take. They're not trying to say that this is a depiction of real life. This is bullshit. This whole game is fake. Have yeah. fun. I mean, and in all reality, all of those games are they're not. A de- I mean, they try to loosely depict, say, Call of Duty, for instance. It's the big He-Man power trip to play it. I mean, and they're 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 fun in their own way, but I mean they're not realistic. They just look realistic. You can't stand 
and pop your head up and not expect to get a hit in the chest with the 40 guys looking at you. You're going to get cut down. That, but, you know, those games are they're there to make you feel good, to make you just run through like Daniel was talking about earlier. You know, just to give you that that I guess that rush of just smashing a bunch of bad guys. Um, but I, you know, I thought I sat down and thought of a few kitty games that I thought were more violent, and like Skylanders. I mean, I could play through one level and probably come close to the freaking body count of Call of Duty. I mean, it's just you're just smashing and blowing up and flamethrowers, and I mean, you just you're just killing everything left and right. But it it looks it looks it looks a lot more like a Saturday morning cartoon than even say even Sunset Overdrive for that example. Uh, Mario, you know, you got Smash Brothers, you're punching women and animals and stereotypes. You know, I mean, it's just there's a lot of stuff like that, but. God, I, I feel sorry it's... for Microsoft and this. The one fucking game they got out this year is the one that's getting bashed for being violent by somebody. Yeah. I mean, looking at this list, the one that seems the most gruesome, I guess, would be The Evil Within, just based on the subject matter itself. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto's over the top, Watch Dogs is. Unity's is a broken piece of shit. That's more violent to your wallet for what you paid for and what you're getting. Overdrive's a cartoon. So Evil Within would, by default, be the most violent game. Yeah, I mean there are there are violent games, but fuck yeah. Super Smash Brothers is violent. You're solving your problems through violence. Yeah, I mean and, uh, there's hardly a game they make that does not do that. Disney Infinity. I mean you're you're smat you're you're blowing up the bad guys. You you kill them and they fly apart. They're supposed to be toys breaking apart, but I know that, but. I think parents are the ones that have that perspective. I think most kids see Jack Sparrow getting blown apart, or you know, uh, Mr. Incredible getting blown apart, so or something like that. You know, the the recognizable characters from those, the the bad guys, they they fly apart. There's just no blood. It's the only difference. They basically get gibbed. So, Pokemon, you're basically playing a dog fighter, right? Yeah, dog fighter, chicken fighter. You got little yeah. slave creatures. Yeah, so it's basically an Atlanta Falcons simulator. I mean, that's speaking of, speaking of slaves, uh, the newest Skylanders trap team has these little crystals that allow you to capture enemies and then make them work for you. <laughs> so you you use violence to enslave them and then order them to do more violence. So, but hey, it's in cartoon graphics, so you know. But these are themes that I don't think the develop. I mean, we're are they things that are in there? Yeah, but I don't think these are the themes the developers intend. You know, that's like someone trying to imagine the director's what he's saying. This is actually a movie about whatever. No, the director just made a movie about chicks and cars. You know, it's not it's not always a statement on society or something like that. Some people just like to have kick-ass action. And the people making these games, they're the same age that we are. And we grew up playing games like not only Mario, but Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And Street Fighter. So, oh, I remember dude. how freaking crazy that was. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I mean, it was like the freaking world was coming to an end if someone caught you playing one of those. You the wrong person's house, and you snuck that game to their house. It was like the Gestapo was going to come kick your freaking teeth in. I mean, we had to purposely buy the Genesis version and put in a damn blood code just to have it. Just have the yeah. good version. And then we have a bunch of people that think that was the better version because it had blood. Whatever. And Nintendo learned their lesson. They got their asses kicked in that, and so they, on Mortal Kombat 2, they said, okay, we'll, we'll put blood in there, we'll, we'll change some things around. 
Yeah, MK2 was amazing. Now, at least but, Mortal Kombat 1 was comparable between Genesis and Super Nintendo. Mortal Kombat 2 blew the Genesis version out of the water on Super Nintendo. But regardless, yeah, I agree. they were violent games. But they're games. Well, speaking on Mortal Kombat, apparently, unlike the last game, Mortal Kombat 9, 10 will not have any console-exclusive characters. So, Dan, does this mean that we're starting to get more into the everybody is equal in this console generation? Uh, I don't know if everyone's... Well, I mean, they did exclusives on both sides last time, right? Like yeah. Xbox got Freddy Cougar. No, no, no. I think no. Kratos was the only exclusive, wasn't it? Maybe. I don't remember. Because yeah, Freddy th- Krueger yeah. was on... Yeah, it was for everybody. Four, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. E- either that or... That studio, Nether Realms, is trying not to, not to pick a side, just play right down the middle. So, which goes back to your neutrality point. So, um, I don't know if they're equal or they just don't want to show preference to one side or the other. I guess they're getting their pockets lined on both ends. I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't at least talks. I mean, because like. The Cell Calibur games were they were pretty popular and there was a lot of talk and a lot of a lot of good press when they had the exclusive characters. Uh, yeah, they, I mean they were all balanced. I played all three versions and they were all really fun. It's somewhat surprising to me because Ed Boone had uh, had hinted that they very well may use uh, a Killer Instinct character as a guest character on MK10, but they also said who if they. This is earlier on that if they were going to do any guest characters, they were going to have to make them fit into the mold of the game because this one's trying to take itself very seriously and very dark and uh, very competitive. So I think they're going for a different theme. So the only thing I can assume is they weren't able to get exclusive characters that they thought matched with the vision they're trying to portray. They probably couldn't get Cinder, so they said screw it. Yeah, so we got that. They were probably offered Riptor, and they said, no, we don't want a cheap-ass character in our game. We already have enough cheap-ass stuff. Uh, they could have got a Crash Bandicoot PS4. There you go. Crash Bandicoot, PS4, Mario 1. Um, it's not even coming out on Nintendo. It doesn't matter. We're just, we're, just spec- we're, just a, we're fantasizing now. And, yeah, uh, no, that, that game couldn't run on anything Nintendo has out. Nah, not without. No, nah, not any less than. Is that exclusive to PS4 and Xbox One? The new Mortal Kombat. Mm, think so. Are they not? Let me pull it up. Are they doing anything on the PC? Yep, PC 360, PlayStation 3, yeah. Xbox One, PS4. He's more than capable of playing it. They're just not going to get any sales if they make it for it. People aren't going to buy it. They'll sell like well, twenty thousand you... copies, like they did with Injustice. Do you still have to do like that silly friend code stuff? Nah, that's no. on the handheld. You do. Yeah. Just uh, it's on. It's just got a regular system. Real quick bite on on Nintendo is their their notification system for your messages and friend requests are not overt enough. You just your light blinks. You don't get a message on your screen, which I know was kind of annoying when I first started playing 360, but now I realize that. 
Paul sends me a message and I, I pick it up like two months later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I don't have, you know, unless I think, hey, I should check my messages, then I have n- pretty much zero clue there's anything on there. Uh, yeah. It's, no, I mean, 3DS has got a decent notification, but. Yeah, this guy ever sends me a message, it's it's kind of pointless. It's like, <laughs> like a month later, yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm just using this just to say I use the messaging system on my Wii U. Yeah. Scott would have to send me a text to tell me to check my Nintendo because I'll send you a message by then he could already send the fucking thing. Have a little icon and pop up in the corner when you turn your system on and says, you have messages where while you're playing a game, just like a little exclamation mark in the corner, it would be fine. But yeah, On your little friend's notification at the bottom, it should just have like a one number pop up. So you know, oh, I got one message. But Don't yeah, pop could, up when I'm playing a game. I hate that shit. Yeah, if Mortal Kombat's playing... Well, you yeah, if you have the option to set the... Like pick that option. Like on well, I think 360 lets you decide when you can be notified. But yeah, as far as yeah, if, if Mortal Kombat's coming out on PS3 and 360, it can it would play fine on Wii U. Um, Injustice. Wii U is more the, powerful than the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 4 a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah, slightly. it's a little bit. Yeah, somewhat. Um, but Injustice. I mean, of course I haven't seen I haven't anything look like God of War 3 on there. I was I was shocked. How similar Injustice for PS4 and Wii U looked, and as far as how they played, I maybe there might be a frame rate difference if someone sat down and crunched the numbers, but I picked up the PS4 version and played it just fine after playing the the Wii U version, and then went back just to see. And I, yeah, if they're going if they're going to develop it cross generation like that, then yeah, power wise it's fine, and it's not going to run Uncharted for sure, but yeah. Okay, and the last bit of news, um, well, yeah, until Dawn Teaser came out, and then they finally released the, I guess, the first 10 minutes of the game, something like that. Did anybody have a chance to check it out? Looks pretty neat. I mean, it's it definitely calls to my childhood, because I grew up watching slasher flicks. Um, they were pretty much, if like when me and Daniel was hanging out when we were kids, if we weren't freaking... Uh, you know, getting in trouble or uh, playing games. We were usually watching Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees or something along those lines. Scott, you want to go ahead and do your retro game of the week? The week. The week. Oh, man, that was a good echo effect. It's a post-processing there. Um, <laughs> I'm half asleep. Yeah, <laughs> the Terminator for Sega CD. Uh, that, you know, it's kind of like a... A little bit like Contra, maybe Gunstar Heroes, not as fast paced and without all the, without all the the, the high speed jumping and stuff. But I mean, it was a really solid game that kind of reminded you of that those types. Um, the, the the levels, I mean, they pretty good design. They get a little confused sometimes, but the weapons felt really powerful. The Terminators were really cool. I mean, it's just something to come out of that era. You know, it was like one of the really good quality titles on Sega CD. Uh, a lot of action. The uh, you go from the future, you start out in the future, and then you go back to the past, and you're playing as Kyle Reese, and you're trying to, you know, stop Terminator, kill Sarah Connor, and all that. But the first couple levels, you're in the future, and you gotta get through the wasteland, and you have to get through the bur- busted city. It's been, you know, blown up, and then you have to get into the Skynet facility so you can get to the time displacement equipment. But I mean, it's it's a very very good game, and one thing that really helps it stand out, uh, you know, besides the awesome grainy full motion video um, is the soundtrack. 
and the soundtrack i mean it's it's definitely some 90s kind of metal but it is i mean it's epic it is really really good for a video game soundtrack uh remember the guy that was on g4 back in the day was it tommy tallarico or tony tallarico tommy tallarico well, he had a show or he was on one of those shows he was the the guy that did the score for the terminator and and just check it out it's a very good game it's reasonably priced um, I'm sure it can be emulated. I've never actually looked at a Sega CD emulator before. But, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very good. So I definitely recommend Terminator. A lot of action, a lot of cool scenery. Okay. I was watching the trailer with The Rock in it. I didn't know there was a trailer. Rock versus Earthquakes. Yeah. Sign me up. Ah, it looks like it's taking a little more serious tone. It's not like Tooth Fairy. Which is his greatest film ever. Still should be good. It's Rock. San Andreas, oh. Rock. Watch it. It's not fucking John Cena. So I don't even. I good. don't even need to see a trailer. I just need to know it's The Rock. Yeah. Okay. So let's see what we got here. I see Dan highlighted Star Wars just now. <laughs> so. Star Wars characters' names are released via trading cards. Okay, does everybody like the new names? What are they? I don't remember what they are. Well, then they mean nothing to us. Next story. <laughs> uh, I think it was one Matt. was Ray. Maybe Ray was oh, the chick. Ray back. That's the that's the uh, yeah, that's the female lead. Kylo Ren. That's the lightsaber. The Sith dude with the lightsaber. Finn. He's probably an Irish character. Oh no, he's the black guy. He's uh, rumored to be the main protagonist of the series. Oh, it looks, oh uh, a black lead in a Star Wars film. That's pretty cool. Didn't expect that. BB-8 to new little droid? Or a servo droid, yeah. So. I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but I've, I've, I've heard that that was a practical effect. I don't know how, but it's the rumor. Poe Dameron. Yeah, that sounds like some Star Wars names. I'll give them that. Poe. That's kind of a weak ass. All these names suck. It's like Jack Porkins, man. It's like his grandson or something. Great grandson. You know, the fat guy got killed in the X-Wing. and yeah, I guess I'm just a bigger Star Wars dork than you guys. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, and Daisy Ridley plays Ray. Her name is Ray. Maybe she has another name. Ray Ray. Rumors claiming she may have a very famous surname. Is she a Solo or a Skywalker? I think she is. Isn't she Solo? I don't know. I never. I I hope that they don't use Jaina Solo. I just never could get into that character. Ever. She was a drag in the expanded universe. No way. I don't think she is. Who is um? Oh shit. Uh, what's? Oh my God, I've got her fucking name. Carrie Fisher. Uh, what's, what's her daughter? What's her? Isn't she supposed to be in there? Carrie Fisher's daughter. I don't know what her name is. But, but she's supposed right. to be in there. Yeah. So she would be solo. I think they're. She's probably like Mary solo. Fisher. <laughs> 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 Moving on. There's Star Wars spoilers, but I didn't. I didn't partake. I didn't. I clicked, but then I closed it. 
Yeah. I don't think I can do that. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and spoil it for everybody. J.J. Abrams will fucking suck Star Wars. Thank you. Next. Number two to direct number three. Well, that's changed uh, now. Oh, is he not going to be involved? Now they, they're up. There's five different people on their short list now. What's his name? Jonathan Frakes? Yeah. Played Will Riker on The Next Generation. He directed episodes, and didn't he direct one of the movies, maybe? He directed two of them. Two of them? I think he did Generations and was Insurrection one of them. I like Generations. I didn't care much for Insurrection. Um, he's been there. Might bring some of the old fans back that didn't like the J.J. Abrams style. So, which I, I kind of did. I enjoyed him for just good action sci-fi summer fun movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were like Star Wars light. Okay, here are the studio's top five directors: Rupert Wyatt. He did Rise of the Planet of the Apes and The Gambler. Wartum. Hire him. Uh, <laughs> Tildum, The Intimidation Game. Daniel Espizano, Safe House and Child 44. Justin Lin, Fast and Furious. And Duncan Jones, Moon and Source Code. Of course, Duncan Jones tweeted after that that um, he's kind of busy. Yeah, get the first guy. Yeah, easily. E- either get That's the first not guy. not even close. Because I don't know if I want to see, like... The Millennium Falcon running around with a nitrous button and some chrome exhaust. You wouldn't see the Millennium Falcon. You would see the Enterprise. Yeah, a million voices just cried out in rage. (laughs) (laughs) I have to make a Star Wars joke. Yes. (laughs) The Millennium Falcon's not in freaking Star Trek. I can hear it now. Oh, listeners. Real quick, while I'm looking at this link, did you guys watch the Street Fighter gameplay match? Yes. I assume Are you're talking about five at Capcom Cup. Yeah. 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 So, are you happy that they got away from that ugly ass inkblot bullshit and got with something a little bit more? It's an incremental uh, change. Yeah, I, I like it a lot better. It's very disjointing. I like the look of four, but I don't think it's something I want to see the series stay with. And I, and it's just an aesthetic thing, purely. I really don't like Ryu's face. And yes, I said his name the way I want to say it. But, you know. I'm just pissing everybody off. I always pretend he's a freaking hand-to-hand combatant in day, and he's the ninja from Ninja Gaiden at night. So he's Ryu. <laughs> Bastards. So, yeah. Um, I just can't stand his face. I don't know. It just drives me nuts. And he's one of my favorite characters. But, I mean, yeah, gameplay-wise, I mean, it looked pretty good. Okay, well, speaking of new faces, Tom Hardy is Mad Max. So, Dan, did you watch the trailer? I did. I thought it looked awesome. And I'm a huge Tom Hardy fan, so I will I will definitely be there. Scott, are you looking forward to – is this a reboot or is it just um, a sequel? sequel? I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's a sequel, which is it's even just... better. Yeah, just keep going. Screw all these young people. Um, I don't know. I just I got super excited when I. I mean, I saw a previous teaser, but this newest trailer really, really, really had me convinced. I mean, I was pretty excited, and uh, yeah, Tom Hardy. I the thing about the trailers, I haven't seen Tom Hardy do much anything except be a prisoner. 
So I don't know. We'll see. The trailer kind of had some people that didn't necessarily look normal it's from a human mass. perspective. <laughs> yeah, but they never <laughs> right. But like they were humans dressed up ridiculous. Like I'm pretty sure there's some non-human element in this one. I think maybe, maybe, maybe like mutants, since it's like a post-apocalyptic wasteland. That the one guy looks like he's got his face like carved, like he's had scars done to make him give him that skeletal look. But it's George Miller's the guy that did the other ones, and uh, yeah, Beyond Thunderdome kind of sucked, but you know, the first two movies I thought were just epic. Um, so hopefully he has returned to form. Did he direct? Beyond Thunderdome? He did all of them, right? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he did, and I would say there was some like studio involvement that probably ruined the third Mad Max. Um, I mean, they had Tina Turner. What else do you want? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was George Miller and some other fellow. But yeah, we don't need another hero and all that crap. Yeah, screw Beyond Thunderdome. I mean, it had its moments, you know. Um, but it was a it was a complete commercialization of a fantastic Australian film series. Holy fuck! He he directed Babe. Yeah. Pig in the that's, City. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. I just showed it to my kids a couple weeks ago. They were they were pretty uh, pretty impressed. Happy Feet and Happy Feet Two. I did not like Happy Feet. I liked Happy Feet One. Happy Feet 2 just existed. I've not seen any of those, so I can't really comment. Dude, you gotta watch. You gotta watch Babe. Did anybody watch the, the trailer for Pixar's new film, Inside Out? I must have missed that one on the notes. Basically, it's Pixar doing um, Herman's Head, but with four characters. Herman's head. There's something I haven't thought about in two decades. But that's that's what it is. Pixar style. It's it looks really good. It's more of a, just a, a scene instead of an actual tra- trailer. So I it's guess kinda got the, uh, it's kind of got the up look to it. Well, I get I get I'm imagine that's how they decided that this is how we're going to do humans. So. I mean, they're pretty much going to have the same look for Pixar from now on. As, as their style, they're keeping it. Let it work. Well, I'm watching the trailer, and I have the volume turned down pretty low, and I'm so far I'm completely digging it. So you just said Herman's head. I was like, okay, i got to check this out. Yeah. What about... um? I like the, the dads. He's, he's <laughs> His family's watching him, trying to talk to him and communicate with him, and inside his head he's just like watching sports. That's awesome. That's that's this guy right here. This is me. So Prometheus. Prometheus two. So Scott, is this um, good news, bad news? I don't even remember. If he's not going to freaking do an alien movie or an alien prequel, then just get the hell away from Alien and do something new. So Prometheus two, new creatures, sounds good to me. But you better hire a freaking amazing. Uh, art director, or artist, or you know, creepy ass guy like Giger, you know, rest his soul and all that. But you're not going to top the Zeno. That design 
for a creepy monster is I don't see how I could get any better. I mean it's it's a it's it's scary, it's awesome, there's no no visible eyes. I mean it's just creepy as hell. So if he's gonna try to make a new creature, he better go he better go a different direction than just trying to make another clawed monster that's gonna try and outdo the Xeno because he's wasting his time. Well, it looks like the only thing they're really talking about now is that Michael Fassbender will be a super sexy android who likes the swoon chicks and what the hell's up with this movie? Yeah, I mean, so they're not f- immediately following the chick that went to oh, she's there with the home him. planet. Yeah, she's with him. Yeah, but he's just ahead. Well, so he I, has his head. Rumor is he's gonna get he's gonna talk her into getting putting the head back on. So. But yeah, they're better just to leave it behind. Just just go completely away from Alien and do something with the engineers that's something different. We've got enough of a hint that the alien came from the engineers and leave some of the mystery intact and just walk away from it. I mean, Prometheus, I thought was an okay film. It just had some really stupid Hollywood crap. Like with, like I mentioned it in another podcast. You know, let's pet the thing that looks just like a cobra on Earth. It combined the two most dangerous things on the Earth. It had a vagina mouth and a cobra's head. Why would you go near something like that? Well, I mean, how did the dude that had the little electronics that mapped the entire tunnels not know how to get out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, it's this is touch stuff because, you know, we're supposed to be scientists and sterile and the whole nine yards. Yeah, that was the part. That was the things that held me back. And then Charlize Theron, you know, or Charlotte Allen, whatever, the blonde woman. She, yeah. she, it's like, keep running into the shadow. You'll be safe. Don't try to run left or right while this thing slowly rolls towards us and then she gets crushed. You know, just, just step sideways. At any point, she could have stepped sideways and been fine. You know, well, not step, but run a few feet. But yeah, it's just dumb stuff like that, you know. And then they've completely wasted, like, Idris Elba, or Idris Elba, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, yeah, it was a, I mean, they knew that they had that crazy goo and it was going to, like, kill everything on Earth or whatever, like it did them. And, okay, let's go kamikaze on it. But still, I mean, he was just there to look cool. He did. Hopefully hopefully Ridley Scott gets his swing back when he does Prometheus 2. Well, we actually have Sega news, but it's not in video games. It's not even a bad financial report. <laughs> no. Uh, Sega wants to make some movies. It's hired a former break media executive, Evan Chofflin, to kind of put, I guess, push ahead the series. What they want is they want to alter B, Street to Rates, Shinobi, Rise of the Nightmares, and Crazy Taxi as first. Crazy Taxi first as English, like, God damn it, as English language live action. And animated spinoffs. Virtual Fighter and Golden Axe are also part of the portfolio of properties. Um, Shinobi would be a pretty awesome movie, but I don't see it making a lot of money. Crazy I've seen ta- Golden Axe. It was called Conan the Barbarian. Crazy Taxi probably would not work because you can't run over anybody. Alter Beast, that. But you can have ad placement and KFC on there. Yeah, you can get the offspring. I'm pretty sure the re-release versions dropped. 
KFC and stuff from the game, Pizza Hut and all that. Oh, Alter would have been an amazing 80s cartoon. I'm just saying. That would have been awesome. Uh, Golden Axe, I mean, if they made something, I'd go, hell, I'd go jump on that. I, that. I think they should probably just roll the animated room for almost yeah, all they of should. those. Yeah. They should. Because video game movies aren't hot right now. It's all about the comic book movies. Yeah. They're going to suck. Let's just face it. Sega just... They, they're going to make them suck. You might get one out of five that's worth watching. It's, it's like the Sonic rule. One out of every five games is worth a rental. One out of every 12 might be worth buying. So, well, I guess part of the um, leaked Sony documents, which led us to believe there's going to be a new Super Mario Brothers movie. Is that... If it's animated, I'll go... I'll probably go take my kids to see it. If I didn't have kids, I'd go watch it if it's animated. I like Mario, whatever. Um, yeah, as long as, you know... The only thing... The only black mark on that deal is Sony. <laughs> go to Pixar or somebody that knows how to make a freaking movie. Uh, if it's animated, yeah. I mean, you can't do a live-action Mario film and it work. You know, it's just... Not not unless it's tongue-in-cheek like some of those YouTube videos where I like Mario fighting Master Chief and stuff. That's the only way you can do that, and you've got people's attention for five minutes and it's over with. But he's just not the he's just not the type of property that lends himself to a live action adaptation. Castlevania does, but you know they'll screw that up too. But yeah, all the old animated cartoons were good. You know the Nintendo stuff. I love all that. Um, Mario is still pretty popular, but it still wouldn't hurt to to pump him up in the mainstream. So well, hopefully, well, get a good writer. Yeah. Yeah, Metroid would be awesome. Metroid's one that, yeah, get it to a good studio. Metroid's, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy just took off because uh, it was freaking amazing. And, uh, you know, sci-fi, people like sci-fi. You know, Star Wars is coming back out. you got Star Trek movies that are doing pretty good. Of course, they have a lot, I think they have more brand recognition by far than Metroid, but still, people aren't turned off to that type of movie if you get a quality director and a quality writer and and some good actors. Scott, you finally watched Guardians. Oh man, it was freaking awesome. I couldn't. Yeah, it's it's in the upper pantheon of of freaking guy movies to me. So. Yeah, it was it it was great. I went and saw it opening day. I left work early to go see it, and I was not disappointed. Oh, I wanted to go see it really badly. Just scheduling and kids and flag football and all that stuff. It just it just didn't happen, but man, it was so good. So glad to finally watch it. Oh, the, uh, it was it was great. And Batista, I gotta give him credit. He he definitely played a role that fits his acting ability. <laughs> but but the only part that got me was at the end when Chris Pratt says, "You know, we can finally give a shit." I was like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, let's see this, let's see this." And they completely missed the fact that he doesn't get metaphors. I was like, he really should have stood up and pulled his pants down, and they should have been like, no, stop. But, yeah, whatever. They really missed it with that. But that movie was awesome. I just know the way to say it. It's up there. It's up there, you know, in Star Wars territory to me. I thought it was that good. 
from from my perspective uh, of kind of knowing the cosmic universe, I was a little bit upset that they made Ronan be such a bad guy because Ronan kind of helped save the galaxy and all. But, you know, I guess someone's got to be the evil person. Yeah, you can't pull the trigger on Thanos yet, so. No. I'm totally not digging Thanos, though. What little screen time he had in that in Guardians, that was that was actually the drawback. Was he uh, he just stuck out like a sore thumb? I was like, he's not even remotely interesting. Well, James Gunn did admit that he was kind of thrown in there. Yeah, completely thrown in. I didn't like the look. I didn't like the look aesthetically. I didn't like anything about him. I thought he. I thought he. I don't think that even the CGI looked very very good on Thanos. So. Well, they gotta plug it for the Infinity Wars. Yeah, they should have probably thought of that earlier in the production, so it would have looked better. Well, I'm just I'm just nitpicking because I mean the movie was great. Yeah, you hater. Yeah, I'm a hater, man. Screw Guardians. Thanos didn't look right. Yeah, I just thought Thanos looked stupid, but it didn't it didn't really detract from the movie, I guess. Well, well at least you got Howard the Duck at the end. Say again. Howard the Duck. The ending credits with Howard the Duck. What? You didn't watch the end? Oh my gosh, it's a Marvel movie. I didn't watch the end credits. Oh, you fucking douchebag. Turn in my geek card, guys. All Turn right. <laughs> we'll pause it. Well, well spoiler. <laughs> Howard yeah. the Duck. Really? Yes. Howard the Duck. Bullshit. Yeah. Oh, nah. I'm going downstairs to watch that as soon as we get done. I'm watching that part. That was the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. And Seth Green, brought down the Berlin yes. Wall. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And Seth Green's finally gone into a Marvel film, so. Yeah. Whatever. Don't be jealous. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Well, the um, Sony leaks provide a little bit of information that we pretty much already knew what was happening. Marvel was wanting to get Spider-Man because Sony sure as hell doesn't know what to do with them. And in doing so, they wanted to go ahead and a clean slate, kill off all the pre-existing bullshit, which includes getting rid of Andrew Garfield. They were even going to do like a a 60-40, we pay 60% of of the production, just give us fucking Spider-Man. And, of course, Sony said, that's money. Why would we want to make money? We like being hacked and fucking everything up, so screw you, Marvel. So, what do you think? Last I read, there's there's still some negotiations might be happening, but you don't know how much truth there is to that. Let's hope it happens. I mean, you know, Spider-Man 1 and 2 was, was the, the same decent movie. Spider-Man 3 was just complete crap, and the new Amazing Spider-Man, I mean, some things are good and some things are bad. Yeah, but I, liked, I liked the first new Amazing Spider-Man. I haven't seen the second, but I liked the first one. Well, the second was, wow. Yeah, one. I think one had a, a really good core Spider-Man story, Amazing Spider-Man, you know, with the lizard and all that. I thought, I thought, I mean, I thought they had a... A lot of when I when I finished Amazing Spider-Man, I thought, okay, maybe this is gonna be a good direction to go. I, I had a little bit of hope for it, and then I watched two. Well, actually, then I saw, then I saw what Electro looked like, and I just lost all faith. And then 
But I tried to go in with an open mind and watch the film. And see, I didn't. I rented Amazing Spider-Man because I thought it was going to go in a good direction. I went to the theater and watched two, even though I saw. <laughs> it. Yeah, even though I saw what Jamie Foxx looked like. I don't like Jamie Foxx, but that part he played fine as far as what he can do. It's just everything else about that character failed it besides the actor. It wasn't the actor. He may not have been the best choice for the role either, but regardless, yeah, that movie was just – it was off the wall. And then they pulled the trigger on Gwen. I didn't think they were going to do that that soon. Uh, Spoiler, thought, man. Yeah, yeah. Guess Gwen dies. This movie's been out for like two years, mm-hmm. man. We we're going to have to sit down and discuss some spoiler rules. You guys keep doing this. It's like, hey guys, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. I don't know if any of you guys know that. Is that a spoiler? No, no spoiler, Scott. What's our spoiler rule? If one of us hasn't seen it, shut the fuck up. That's the rule. What? Who hasn't seen Amazing Spider-Man Two? Dan. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, you did just say that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Well, see, the Punisher pulled the trigger and shot her in the shoulder. And she survived. The Punisher's in it? Yeah, yeah. She, he shoots Gwen by mistake trying to get to Spider-Man. And <laughs> she's in a coma now. So we, that's why I was kind of you know, saying is I'm really interested to see what happens in Spider-Man 3 when she wakes up from her coma. So anyways, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Michael Keaton is fucking Batman. Confirmed. He admitted it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Daniel. It's fine. But you know it's what? In- it's the amazing Don't Spider-Man. Time watching that movie. Just go on yeah. YouTube and watch Gwen freaking uh, get shot by the Punisher. So anyways. Yeah, last month in an interview with Empire Magazine, Christian Bell admitted that he wanted to play Batman again and that he was a little jealous of Ben Affleck. We all shit on Ben for doing that. I mean, not Ben, but Bell for doing that. Shortlist Magazine asked Michael Keaton if he felt that way as well. His response was, gave the question, Finally, Christian Bell recently said he felt jealous to see Ben Affleck wearing the cape and cow. Do you ever get that? Michael Keaton responded, no. Do you know why? Because I'm Batman. I'm very secure in that. Fuck you, <laughs> Bell. Yeah. My Batman can't exist in your world. Oh, gosh. I, mean, I think I'm not even going to go over that freaking idiotic line of thinking. Um, Rachel was she was going away from me, Alfred. I think I'm just going to quit, Alfred. I'm a pussy. She was going away. I got a cramp in my leg. I got a cramp. Oh. I got a prison on purpose to fight people and probably get raped. But 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 I'm a quitter now. Hey, screw whatever. The more I the more I think about the Nolan trilogy, the more I, I mean I I mean I like Dark Knight. Don't get me wrong, but whatever. So you're starting to see it more my way. I mean I liked Begins and Dark Knight. I still do, but they're tainted by three. It just taints yeah. the whole freaking thing, man. Yeah, I did, not, I did not care for three either. Say yeah. what you want about Batman, Batman Returns. You can even talk shit about, well, in Batman Returns, Batman killed a guy. He put a bomb on him, knocked him over, and blew him up. Yeah, but that's still more fucking Batman than quitting like a little bitch. Yeah, yeah, I mean. That even harkens back to the yo Batman when he used to break people's fucking necks. Yeah. Maybe like Batman Four, you know, if I'd done a fourth one with Nolan's, he probably would have been he probably would have been forced to use a firearm. I don't know, you know, not never mind that I'm pretty sure he shot people back in the 30s. He did, but he. <laughs> I know. But whatever. No, he probably quit before he even put the bullet in the gun. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I call this hard. one Rachel. 
<laughs> I'm going to kiss it. Please do. Please kiss it and pull the trigger. Yes. I don't know, man. From my perspective, Bell did two good Batman movies. Keaton only did one. I don't know. Uh, wait, when did Bell do a fucking Batman movie? He did a fucking cop drama with Chris Nolan directing it. Yeah. Keaton's Batman never quit. Damn right. And that's exactly the thing. You know, I don't know. I'm just... I say put Michael Keaton just throw Affleck out, and I'm and I'm I'm actually kind of optimistic about Affleck. I actually I am too. I think, well. I think he can save Superman. Actually, you know, so let's hope so. But I would just throw him out, let him direct, write whatever, and bring Keaton in as the old Batman. They're doing Frank. There's Miller your Frank Miller, Miller Batman. Yeah, exactly. Bring in Michael Keaton. He was he was. The best part of like RoboCop, I know he doesn't make, I don't think he's making blockbusters anymore, but whatever, he's the freak, he's Batman. I'm I'm sorry, Chris Reeve will always be Superman. Michael Keaton will always be Batman. Yep. Well, you know who's Deadpool? Ryan Reynolds confirmed. About fucking time, right? Yeah, and hopefully they get Deadpool right this time, not that crap like Wolverine had. Yeah. He was born for it, plain and simple. Yeah. People's been saying it for years. It just took, it just took Hollywood. You know, they're very <laughs> slow to get the the signals to travel up their spine and in their brain and their central nervous system and come to a good decision. And I think Ryan Reynolds is perfect for Deadpool. They'll probably sell the rights to Sony or something, and it'll go down the. T- Who has the rights to Deadpool? Um. I don't know. I'm on a different side. ain't Fox. I'd rather have Sony than Fox. Fox. Well, I would assume it would be Fox because he was in – he cameoed in one of the X-Men movies. So. You're right. It's you're Fox, right. Yeah. It's Fox. Ryan Reynolds can do it. He's got the, he's got the build. He's got the, the wit. But it's going to be, you know, Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool. I mean, he did pretty good in the. Um, I mean, he was fucking Deadpool. Oh yeah. Put a mask yeah. on the guy. He was Deadpool. Mm-hmm. You you pick any movie he's been in. Put a mask on him. He's Deadpool. You can go back to the TV show. He's Deadpool the Doctor. Did you see the little trailer that they did to try to pitch the film with him as yes. the voice? And it so was that's, that's awesome. Deadpool. Yeah. 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 He's he's perfect. Going. Back to uh, Batman again. Did um, you read the article I just posted from Collider? Yes. Where they're going to be fixing some of the problems, supposedly. Some of the criticisms from the first movie. I'm glad they they at least recognize it. I mean, I'm not. I mean, yeah, Superman trashed the city. I'm not. Hell, the people was evacuating for like 40 minutes of film time. So maybe there wasn't that many people getting crushed, but I'm just you know Superman always tries to find another way. That was my big complaint. I was I was totally on board the movie until that moment when he spoiler. Have you seen it, Daniel? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when he broke Zod's neck, I was just like, yeah, I don't mind him breaking the neck, but make me believe he has to. Well, I mean, Zod was pretty much. Uh... 
mowing down the city, dude. He had to. No, he didn't. It wasn't believable. Superman could have took the fight somewhere else. Oh my god, did you just say it wasn't believable? That's exactly right. As they were magically flying through the air and busting down buildings. Yeah, basically you're right. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) I'm just saying, man. He's got him zobbed by the head, and the the eye, the heat vision's like slowly drifting towards the family, and uh, the family's just like like, oh look, he's going to nuke us. Let's just sit here and cower in fear, you know. I don't know. Superman, maybe I don't know. Could have just like picked him up. I'm sure Zod really weighs like 220 tops. He is freaking Superman. Do something. And I'm sure that Superman beaten weak, you know, bloody and. He's got to pick the gun up like Batman. I was criticizing. Pull the trigger. I don't know something. Okay, Just so make it a little more logical. You you know more about um, Kryptonian physiology than we do, right? Yeah. Okay. Can they not move their eyes without moving their head at the same time? Because all Zod had to do was look to the right, and he could have killed them both. Dramatic effect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all I had to do. This is kind of. I don't know. I guess. You got to remember that the Man of Steel movie is its own separate thing from the comics, as far as continuity and storyline and stuff goes. So, but why do we have to have all the same character? Everybody's got to be dark. Everybody's got to just like their idiotic explanation of why he killed him. Well, he's got to know murder's wrong by murdering. I mean, it's basically how they explain mm-hmm. it. No, it's because of his freaking Midwest good upbringing, and he probably went to church. Hollywood, Ooh, you know, but I mean, he's he's he. Superman doesn't kill because Superman's a good guy, not because he's suffering the pain of killing. You know, maybe that's that's what made it such a waste to try and use that lesson with the way that it played out to me. So. Well, considering how his dad doesn't know jack shit, maybe. And, and that was even a bigger violation of. Hell, that was more of a violation than Batman. That was just as bad as Batman quitting. John John Kent is a Jonathan Kent's a core character of the Superman comics, uh, and you just made you just made him say, "Oh well, maybe you shouldn't save people that are going to drown because you know why? You know, I'll go waterboard somebody, Jonathan Kent. I mean, seriously, moral hmm. gray, morally gray is not Jonathan Kent. It's all black and white with him. So." And Superman's killed in the comics before, but mm. I mean, Zod and that bunch had freaking took their heat vision and boiled the oceans away and killed like six billion people. There was like not any humans left or like two left. I can I can get it then, but yeah. What was the original point? Because I ranted. Sorry. Fixing the issues. Yes. But yeah, let's have let's have a paragon. Why does everybody have to be so deeply flawed? You know, why why does everything have to be dark? Why can't we have that that beacon of light? You know, that symbol of hope. You know, like I don't know what's supposed to be on his chest. Have that. Have that one character. Does it make him a little boring to write for? Yeah, but you know what? It's lasted how many years now? I don't think people's walking away from it. So, I think we have it. I think it's called Captain America. You're right. You're right, and I love Captain America, and I'm glad that he's going up against surveillance and everything else. Yeah, you're right. We do have that character, but I was, I was referring more to the DC <laughs> side. But you're right. As comic book fans and comic book movies go, 
we have Captain America. As far as DC property goes, we don't have Jack. But they're going to kill Captain America. So. Yeah. It's probably some Hollywood conspiracy. Oh, this guy's a little too conservative of mine. Let's whack him. Well, they killed him in the comics, so they'll probably kill him and make Falcon Captain America. They're yeah, skipped. That's, the... that's a movie I'm going to go watch. Captain America Civil War. I'm not sure when they're going to kill him. I'm going to with Falcon as Captain America. Oh. Probably not going to go watch that. Yeah, I would, because I like Falcon. I don't think they're use him as Captain America in they probably own standalone they film. They standalone film, though. In the comics, Bucky is who ends up taking up the man. Not now. Spoiler, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. Why did well, you have to yeah. for me, dude? That's in a comic book. I didn't know. Oh, so, again. <laughs> <laughs> that was published six we months need ago. To, I published it, yeah, and Amazing Spider-Man was like six months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When Gwen got shot by the Punisher, America. <laughs> well, yeah, Bucky so, took over after Civil War, and then Captain America came back, and now Falcon is Captain America. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like Falcon. I can deal with that for a little while. But it's not the first time they've done this with Captain America. It's like, what, the 32nd? So, whatever. Um, yeah, well, the first Captain America was... um, oh, He was a black dude. I can't remember his name. But that was the first Captain America. What the hell was his name? Let's not dwell on it too long. That guy. Yeah. I mean, they've done that story a bunch. I mean, you, anytime you have publication that's been running for as long as the way comics do. I mean, monthly series, bi-monthly series, multiple characters, multiple arcs, multiple titles. I mean, Superman has a couple different titles. Batman has a couple different. Spider-Man has a few. You're going to run into similar storylines. Just the nature of the game. Uh, CM Punk got a new uh, writing assignment. He is writing the uh, well. DC is rebooting Strange Sports Stories Number One, which is a reboot of the old series from the 60s and 70s. Other creators involved in this issue include Brian Azero, Paul Pope, Gilbert Hernandez, and I guess Derek Robertson. It will be a four-issue miniseries with the first installment due out in March. So is the first one about pro wrestling? I don't know. Or UFC, maybe? CM Punk probably ought to get in the gym. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like... He's got a lot on his table, apparently. I mean, there's the Thor thing, there's this thing. I mean, well, I guess the Thor thing is pretty much done, right? No, 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 it's not, is it? Well, well, he's just writing one story. You can write one story in a month. Less than that. It's just a miniseries. Shoot. I mean, me and you, it takes us like eight years to write 30 pages. So. Yeah, we've done more podcasts. We've we've done more podcasts than stories. (laughs) We've got a lot of stories. We just don't have a lot of complete ones. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean. I saw one script the other day. I wrote 75 pages out of a 90 page script. I just (laughs) stopped. I'm so sad. How many times have we done that? I don't know. I I felt like um, Christian Bell. We get to this like writer's block thing, or we're not happy with the direction it goes, and we just walk away from it. But I mean, I don't know. He's he's he landing. He's hopefully he's talented. I mean, is he landing these gigs on his name alone? Is it a publicity stunt? I mean, I say he landed on on name alone, but he probably the man seems very very intelligent. 
So. Well, he can cut a promo, so you know he does his own material. Yeah. They don't hand him scripts. That's right. So, when does he plan to debut in the fighting world? It'll be next year next sometime. Year? Yeah, it's late next year, I believe. He doesn't even have an opponent yet. I mean, you got. I mean, you can't train 24 hours a day, and it's good to take your mind off of it for a little while. So go and write a comic book, have fun, and then go back and hit the gym tomorrow. Get your eight hours of training in, then go back and write some more. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm totally not against him doing multiple things. It just seems like that's such a brand new, large adventure that you wouldn't be taking on a bunch of additional side adventures with it. Because you're going to get kicked in the face. Well, if you're going to get your ass kicked, it's good to have something back, something to back up with it. Well, yeah. Backup plan. I don't think he's going to get beat up anyways. I, I don't, don't either. Gonna, no, I don't, don't think, think they'll feed him. They'll feed him someone his level. Yeah, he'll be a few fights before he runs into that brick wall. They'll try to build it up. But hey, he may. Who knows? He might be a phenom. I mean, the guy's physically talented. Period. I mean, he's he's born to be an athlete, just the way it is, and he's intelligent. So, and he's not exactly wet behind the ears with it. I mean, he has been around a little bit of it. He just, I just can't imagine how much experience he has with the schedule that wrestling has. Yeah. And Avengers of Shield news. This is going to be a spoiler for Scott since he hasn't caught up to it yet. Well, I guess I earned um, it. <laughs> Blair Underwood. Will be playing Dr. Andrew Garner, PhD, Agent May's ex-husband and a neurologist and forensic psychologist who has specialized in working with gifted individuals on the index before. So, Dan, we get uh, Blair Underwood and Marvel. Trying to think of why Agent May's husband matters. TV, man. I mean, if we're going to talk about, you know, people making shows and cameos, how they go kill off Xena Warrior Princess after one episode and never do nothing else with her? <laughs> Spoiler, Scott, Xena dies. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested now. I was just getting ready to start that show. Jeez, man. You guys are killing me. <laughs> Guess what? Punisher doesn't really shoot. Glenn. She breaks her freaking neck. <laughs> that's okay. Nobody cares about Spider-Man. No, that thing was a mess from the beginning. Yeah. Gwen was awesome, though. She was perfect. She was awesome, and then... Uh, then she died. Not in the Mark Webb is a very depressing human being because Spider-Man is a very happy character. He has issues. He has bad things happen, but he's more upbeat, and the movie yeah. was not fun. I did not have fun. Well, one, I mean, we, one, one, the, the montage scene where he was going around and for like four or five minutes, it was fun. There was like one other joke in the movie. Everything else was serious. The montage was awesome. Yes. That the montage was that's fucking Spider Man. You got it. You nailed it. Now expand yeah. that for fucking two hours. No, I can't. I gotta be all fucking depressing. It's just like we're talking about Superman. It's gotta be all freaking Dark and depressing. Dark and depressing. And we'll, I really think they keep that line of 
of filmmaking up, and the comic, the bottom's going to fall out from underneath the comics, and they're not, and they're not even going to be intelligent enough to blame it on well, every story is the same dark bullshit. It, they're going to say, well, it ran its course. You know what I mean? No, it's the same freaking. It's dark, 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 dark. Dark Knight was dark. Well, that's because the character is dark. So Superman, Spider-Man, those type of characters are not dark. You know, they have dark moments, yes, but it's not the core of their character. And in somewhat breaking news for us, since this actually broke today, as far as I know, the um, Beastmaster will join the cast of Arrow. Um, Mark Singer will be playing in the 14th episode of Arrow in the third season. He will be playing was it General Matthew Shreve. The creature commandos were a team of superhumans who fought in World War II. Their powers are that of a vampire, a werewolf, Frankenstein's monster, and Medusa. It is reported that Singer will be in the flashback episode. So, Arrow, since I do not watch this show, spoil away, you two. You can talk about Mark Singer and the last episode of Arrow. I just want to give a shout-out to Mark Singer, and I want you to know that you were... A vital part of my enjoyment of TBS, of Turner Broadcasting Systems, Channel 5 here in West Virginia. Just saying. Because I watched him like weekly in the Beastmaster movies. <laughs> and his two little ferrets. So, yeah, Mark Toto Singer. Toto, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Mark Singer. I can't tell you anything besides Beastmaster he did. What else did he do? I don't know. V. It doesn't matter. Yeah, V. Uh, I had the comments. Him and Robert England. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's pretty awesome. I like I like seeing those old school guys get parts in today. You know those '80s guys, so, the Beastmaster. Surprised they haven't tried to revive that series. I think they did. Oh, but we should probably not talk about that. Let's go to Arrow. Talk about it, guys. Oh yeah, sorry, I was about to speak out. Some Arrow people like is Arrow. An example of a show that's not freaking scared of its source material. And that's probably the biggest reason I'm a fan of it. Same for Flash. They don't they don't hold back and they're not I mean how many movies, you know, they try to completely remove the costume or make their powers more realistic and all that stuff. Just just use the character. People accept it. And Arrow completely is over the top of not being afraid of the source material. And I love it. So this the finale was pretty good. Um the guy who played Ross Al Ghul was pretty good. I didn't. I didn't like the way uh, he just manhandled Arrow. Like I, I get it that he's probably like 180 years old or something, but it still felt that as jacked up as you know he was climbing up that rock face. That it was at least going to be a decent showdown. I didn't expect the absolute butt whooping that he received on top of that mountain. I don't think anybody did. I think it's but symbolic. Course, they had to climb the mountain too. Because Ross Agul was his mountain. Well, yeah, I mean, you would also think they'd have gave the guy like a maybe like a five minute rester and a bottle of water after scaling a mountain because they'd obviously been up there hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the way I see it. One of the one of the um, one of the backbones of of a narrative is that the hero has to either gain 
the mystical weapon or a new skill or something, and that that growth as a character. And I don't know what it's going to be that that the Arrow is going to have to find to make him be able to overcome Ross Al Ghul, but that I mean, yeah, it was kind of sucked not getting the big kick-ass action scene, but we get that every week with that show. I mean, there's always a big fight. So for me, it worked because now I'm going to see where he's got to go in order to win that fight. And there's your character growth, your development. Hopefully. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. I, I can't argue with that. You know, I, I'd be curious to see how he somehow f- got stabbed in the chest, fell off the mountain, and landed in a rejuvenation pool. Like, I'm trying to figure out how that's going to all work. I would... He don't really have to land in the Lazarus pit. They can probably just drag him there. So... It's truly like the Lazarus Pit, like it will bring you back from the dead or it just heals you. I don't know. Because he should be pretty dead. He's pretty dead. Yeah. So, But they're not scared to go that way. I would say that uh, – oh, what's the character of the dark-haired girl that was girlfriends with the canary? I want to say Talia, but I know it's not Talia. Whatever her name is. I don't know why they just didn't use Talia. But anyways um, – I would say she probably has a part in it because of how the canary felt for Oliver. She's gotcha. probably that's my that's my guess. She's will be the one that puts him in the Lazarus pit. I thought it might have been his uh, Asian buddy. Well, you know, that's probably you're probably right. You're probably right because that guy was giving him advice. That totally went over my head, man. Of course, the CW line of thinking, they like the – well, it's not the CW anymore, is it? What is it? What channel is that on? CW? Yeah, it's CW. Yeah, it's CW. Their line of thinking, they'll probably do it my way because it's more dramatic, like female-male relationship stuff like they like to do. But who knows? I think I prefer the Chinese guy now. Well, I wish, I wish Paul would enjoy it for what it is. Spoil it now at this point. Everything's in this boil. Yeah, he knows now. I heard the ratings went down, Paul, so that means you can watch it now. Oh, oh okay. Well, I think Constantine's going to be shit canned, so. Man, I've been watching that. Yeah, I hadn't started that one yet either. It's not doing good, from what I heard. I think that was pretty predictable. Has anyone watched it but from except me or. Apparently, you're the only one. <laughs> That's why. I had attentions on it, but it just wasn't anything I was watching today since I buy all my episodes. You can watch Constantine on Hulu. I don't subscribe to Hulu. Hulu's free. free. Say what? Yeah, it's commercials. But if you buy a Hulu Plus, you still get commercials, but you get Yeah, more. that's what I thought. There was a Hulu subscription. Yeah, no, you can just There's, watch it on your computer for free. Plus, you get a little bit more, and I think you get the entire series on some things. The the on the, on the free one, they it's only the what the last five or six. Yeah, with the plus, you can go further back and you can see the episode the day after it airs. With the free one, you have to wait a week. Oh, isn't that something? Learn something every day. Like when Stacy got her neck broke. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to try to bump up Constantine's viewership, 
you can do so. I will do so. Yeah, I've watched like maybe two or three episodes of TV a week tops. So gotta gotta make sure it fits my rotation. Yeah, I definitely like the mid season finale of Arrow though. It was I thought it was really good. It was. And my, I wept a little bit when he told Felicity he loved her. And then I wanted to kick her in the teeth when she didn't say it back. Well, I mean, she's got the the old, old Superman on her right hand. The better Superman. Yeah. Brendan Routh? Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to be Ant-Man or Adam. Adam. Yeah. I, I want to see that. I think that's going to be pretty awesome. Pretty I wonder sure. what. Not just, too many steps from Justice League. What do you think of Thea? Does she just not annoy the the freaking ever loving piss out of you? Yeah. She has since the freaking moment I laid eyes on her in the pilot. I was like, I just do not like this character at all, and I haven't been able to. And I wish, like, since he obviously knows she's lying and he understands what's going on, just just confront. Just say it. No one in that show will confront each other. That's that's the drawback to that show right there. Nobody will confront anybody. Whereas the drawback to Smallville was Clark was in everybody's face like every episode. It's like pissing them off. But sometimes you have to confront people, and you're right. They just never say it. Maybe that's what he'll learn when he gets resurrected. I have to confront things, and I've got to confront myself first. got to dig down deep. Stop killing people. He's already did that. He stopped killing people. Yeah, that's another thing with that show that has got me hard to completely... I mean, I do love the show, but to really commit to, like I do some of these other TV shows, is he just... Oh, so you, uh, you know, you, you, you signed dirty contracts, huh? You failed the city. And he kills the guy. Like, what? <laughs> He's not, like, actively engaged in murdering somebody. Why are you killing this guy? Yeah, I mean, that's... I think they went a little off the deep end with that, but I think they realized that it was making it hard for an audience to support the character because that was one of the criticisms people were making. I was like, this guy's just killing people left and right, and it doesn't make – I don't know. It doesn't fit. Which Arrow, I mean, even in Smallville, he was he was a little harder edged than – well, a lot more harder edged than Clark. So. Well, you know, you have to be when you're not Superman. Exactly. But still, you can, you can be jovial whenever you have superpowers because they make up for your inabilities. But if you're like, I'm going to die if I take a second off, it kind of makes you a little more hard. Yeah, definitely. What you think of the boxing glove arrow? It's a couple episodes ago. Uh, the one where the boxer guy's training the sister. Uh, that's a whole other freaking Laurel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. Laurel was awesome in season one, and she has a bit. I I liked her in season one. I haven't liked her at all in season two or three. But uh, yeah, I thought the boxing glove era was a pretty funny throwback to the comics. I guess I missed that. He like grabs a boxing glove and sticks an arrow in it or something, and I don't remember exactly, but I just remember like, yes, boxing glove arrow. Okay. Hits that dude in the face with it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. They, they, I think they just need to. I don't know where they're going. They don't. I don't think they know what they want to do with 
with Laurel. I mean, obviously they want to make her canary, but yeah. I mean that much they do know. But it just seems like they really like. I mean, she doesn't make any sense. Like the whole storyline, she won't tell her dad about her freaking sister being dead again, not confronting someone or being truthful. I mean, it's just like holy cow. Your sister's dead. Tell your dad. He needs to know. And she's like, well, I don't want him to have a heart attack. But he's going to stress himself to death wondering where the hell his daughter's at. And you've done buried her in her grave? Your father will probably never forgive you for such a freaking travesty. I mean, she's just – she's it's stupid. And that, that and that's that's probably why viewership's decreasing. It's just dumb stuff like that. And then the mom gets involved. She's like, you make him pay. It's like – mom should have said, I'm going to go tell your dad you're an idiot. Well, and I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, good shows on right now that feel that similar uh, need of a person to watch. Like, I mean, you got Marvel Agents of Shields, you got Flash, you have uh, Gotham. Oh yeah, Gotham. I forgot about that. I mean, the, I mean, there's quite a few. Gwen Stacy, chiropractor. It's a good show. <laughs> I'm just saying, Arrow's not so much a niche show anymore. There's some there's some other options on the table. Yeah, yeah I don't want to subscribe to Hulu. <laughs> yeah, there you are. Hopefully, hopefully they find where they want to go with this with Laurel though, because I mean they're they're not gonna get rid of Laurel. She's always gonna be the main. I mean they're kind of teasing around, flirting around with Felicity right now. Let's admit it. It's going to be like Chloe. She's going to fade into the background, and we're going to go back. I mean, she wasn't even meant to be, but like a single episode character anyways. Um, but it's always going to be about Laurel. So they'll play all – and I think they got too many characters involved for the writers to handle. I mean, you've got Dig. You've got whoever your bad guy is for the week. You're going to have to the, um, Ross Al Ghul and his bunch and out every episode. You got the dad who actually uh, I like. I like uh, uh, was it Lance, Detective Lance? Yeah, I like him more than any character on the show except maybe Felicity. Uh, he's really good. But I mean, you got Sp- Speedy. I mean, you just got like 20 characters every episode, and that kind of gets tough. They need to reduce their cast. Why does Roy exist? Because he was in the comics. Is that, is that what it was? I wasn't sure. Like, because I haven't, I seen, I started in the middle of season two, so I'm like, why, why does this Red Arrow exist? Yeah, I think I, I think it was a little early to bring him in, but you know, I really like Dig, and I think he has a good chemistry with, with Oliver and all that. But, um, and they did get rid of the mother and uh, some of the other characters, but then they bring back, um. Black Arrow, what's his name? Malcolm. They bring back Malcolm. Yeah. And uh, he's over the top and everything, but I mean, what's his purpose? What's he doing? You know, he's just get on with it already. So they got too many threads going at the same time and too many characters to fill it up. And then of course you got Brandon Ralph, Ruth Ralph, however you say his name. You got yep. his character in there. Um, just too many characters. And then you got the flashbacks, which has a whole other set of characters. It's like you got two TV shows running at the same time in a in a forty minute episode. So maybe they need to dial back the flashbacks at this point. We get it. 
he he went through some serious shit when he was on the island, and when he got off the island and was forced to be an enforcer for Agent Waller. But go ahead and get him back to the island, however he gets back to it, and just move away from the island at this point. The more I think about it, the more I yeah, just you don't have enough time to play the character threads in an hour long show, let alone when you basically have two shows running in that same time period. That's essentially what they've got going on right now. I mean, it, it really, I thought it worked well early, but they're definitely just drawing it out too much. Which is why Flash is the better show. I would have to say I agree. And just the three episodes I've seen, I like it better. And the guy who plays Flash is awesome. He, he fits the role. Okay, yeah, if you've only seen three, then the best is still yet to come. There's some pretty good episodes coming your way. Yeah, and we'll catch up on some more of this this weekend. Paul, have you watched Flash? Nope. Oh, you'll hate it, so it doesn't matter. Yep. That's for the first five minutes, (laughs) I thought this was shit. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. That's why I hate it. Yeah, it's because I said I liked it. (laughs) Yeah. I get that a lot from people. You just don't like it because it's something I like. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> so, did you watch the entirety of the first episode? Couldn't sit through it. There was too much CW bullshit. Yeah, it was a little bit of CWBS there with the. I was like, it's a little bit. Oh, come on. I when I watched the pilot, I was a little turned off in the first fifteen minutes. And then after that, it just kind of the show just opened up to me. But yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I suffered ten years of the of uh, Clark and Lana and Clark and Lois and Clark and Chloe, so it's kind of hard to sit down and jump into that well, stuff again. Smallville went four seasons too long. You could have skipped the whole college years and been fine. Yeah, just like yeah. Saved by the Bell, it was awesome till you got to the college years and it went to shit. Yeah, when they were supposed to be adults and it's not cute anymore. <laughs> but if you like Arrow or you hate Arrow or Flash or whatever it is, let us know. You can email Scott <laughs> at the Scott and Paul Show at gmail.com. He can read it because I'm not going to read that shit. Is there anything else that anybody wants to say before we close this out? I'm All right. Good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good here. Okay, for for Scott and Dan, this is Paul. Fuck you, Internet. (laughs) 